fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try Hey everybody and welcome to big episode number three of the fourth season of the Fantasy Fullback Dive brought to you by the good people at the Rose Street Journal. Leading the way as your blocker, you know, paving the way to fantasy glory. Does that seem premature to you as we're in early January 2019? Perhaps, perhaps, but you can never be too prepared in this business. And we're going to start preparing you right now. Like for those of you that like, you know, need six months off or something like that. Uh, that's cool. Maybe this show isn't for you. But for those of you that as soon as you were eliminated from the playoffs and or if you were listening to us all year, possibly won your championship uh, and immediately were just like, man, I need more. All right. Here's some more for you. We actually just dropped another episode with the wolf and, and our buddy audio Joe, uh, sound guy Joe, whatever he's going by these these days. Uh, they put a decent one out that just dropped today. And we're going to do this. Uh, we're going to give you the third episode of the fourth season already, even before the second week of January for all you addicts out there, which is our bread and butter. I'm your host, mm-hmm. Nat the Truth Jones. With me, as always, the wolf of Roto Street himself. Are we taking it to access here? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. Um, I but no, I, ultimately, like the excess is what wins the championships. There's That's no true. excess. That's true. Because, Nobody says Belichick was too prepared. No, exactly. There's no <laughs> such thing as over preparing, and there's already crucial stuff going on. Like we're gonna at least glance over the coaching carousel spinning all over oh, the place right swing. now with some very interesting, unique hires. Uh, so that's crucial to monitor. We're going to break those down in much more depth as the offseason's developing, but we'll, of course, touch upon those. We already are balls deep in our first mock draft of the year, and it's great to already see the trends and see you know, how it's unfolding. The workhorse mania has, has overtaken everywhere, yep. as it should properly. We've been talking about building stables for since we've been born. So yeah, I came out of the we womb talking about building a stable. Muttering about building a solid stable to use, right? Exactly. So tons of good trends. We're going to talk about that mock draft. We'll talk about the carousel a little bit. Um, and, and yeah, there's no such thing as over-preparation. I, whether it's an excuse for me to, to have this addiction or not, I love it. And I, I can't wait to keep breaking down these coaching moves and all that throughout this whole offseason. And then as soon as we break down all those, free agency is going to hit and then it's the draft. And then you know, just someone, no someone's going to get busted with a hooker doing something they shouldn't <laughs> have been course. doing on top of that with like, you know, yeah. snort and blow off the bedside table in a hotel. Anyway, you know, it's bound to happen, and we're going to be here to jump on it when it does. Um, Of course, before that, we're going to talk about the real NFL playoffs. We talked last week. We made our predictions. Uh, We're unclear exactly who got what right, but I'm pretty sure I went one and three. I got the Chargers over the Ravens, and even that one I I did not feel great about picking. Mm -hmm. I felt pretty good about the Bears-Eagles, and, you know, I was wrong. I obviously could have gone either way. The Texans game is the one that I picked. I picked Houston, and I knew I was going to be wrong. I just like I, I, I really like Houston, so I, I picked them based on that, and I knew that was a, a flawed logic, bad reason to make a pick. But I picked the Seahawks, and I actually I felt pretty good about that one as well. I went one and three. I'm pretty sure you went one and three. Also, it might have been a different one. You might have even gone zero and four. I'm not sure. We, I think we, I went Eagles over Bears, right, and that possible. was the. I, I know I definitely went all in on the Ravens and Seahawks, uh, and then yeah, well, you definitely I know I went the Houston. Texans. We both did, but that's I mean, and that was our whole thing coming we into the playoffs. We said we could miss them this all. year. 
here is as insane as any. So fantasy playoffs, it's impossible to really predict and all that stuff. So go with the high upside guys, and hopefully you did. Hopefully you got luck and yeah. Mahomes and something. I, I mean, what's going to happen this weekend? I already think well, the Colts are going to go it. win and win. We got we got four games. Let's talk about them just like we did last week, and hopefully we'll do a little better than one and three. Um, all right, so let's start on the NFC side. We've got some interesting games, no doubt about it. We got let's start off with the Saints, the number one seed, and they're going to be hosting the red hot, you know, possibly, uh, you know, God infused Eagles, yeah. and uh, in the Superdome. So, what do you think? I think the Saints are just too good. They're too well coached. They got Drew Brees. He's got a defense. He's got a running game. I mean, they have every element you need, the home field advantage, to go all the way through. And I, I think that's going to happen. I know it's the pretty commonplace pick. And I know, as you mentioned, God-infused folds makes it a little bit risky. But at the end of the day, nobody's going into the Superdome beating the Saints in these playoffs, at least in my opinion. I think it's the Saints. I think it's the Saints by at least a touchdown. They are, I believe, an eight-point favorite going into the the game, which is the biggest of spread of any of the games, which I think it should be. I agree with you. I mean, you don't ever want to count at this point, and it sounds so stupid to say. It's like, you never want to count out Nick Foles. Well, you can't. I mean, it's true. You can't. He's earned that at this point. But right. but I'm picking the Saints, too. I mean, I think the Saints are going to go all the way. They're my, they're my pick to win the Super Bowl until further notice. I expect them to beat the Eagles. Um, which, based Agreed. on last week's picks, assures that the Eagles will probably win. <laughs> All right, let's finish off the NFC. We have the Rams hosting the Cowboys. Man, you know, a month, month and a half ago, this would have been a huge no-brainer. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, I know the Rams have really hiccuped a lot. Gurley practicing only sporadically. Jared Goff has been mediocre at best. And, you know, this seemingly unstoppable juggernaut of an offense has slowed down, and the defense, filled with big names, is not getting the stops that they're supposed to. With that said, how much do you believe in the Cowboys? I don't really believe in the Cowboys. I know they took out nah, my Seahawks either. team that I was riding about and raving about. And I don't believe in the Rams all that much either. And if any team's built to, to go in and beat them with that running game, with that defense, it is the Cowboys. But I just think well-rested, off the bye, getting Gurley back to 100%, kind of getting their gears under them. I really think they're just going to come out and explode and put up a ton of points. And I just don't think the Cowboys have the firepower to go with that. Plus, with the defense fully healthy as well. I just think the Rams team is too talented. I know it's a 1-2. There's no upset predictions for the NFC for me. I think the top two seeds are clearly head and shoulders above. And that, yeah. that one week off did them wonders. So I think the Rams come out and win this one as well. A couple factors to take into consideration consideration the crowd is going to probably be at least half cowboys fans the la yeah, right. the la you know the la teams don't draw anybody uh so if that's a factor it's there the, the home field advantage has not seemed like much of a factor for them either way and i know it's not really for the chargers either who we're going to talk about in a minute uh i agree with you if, if it becomes a situation where there's a lot of points being scored i don't think there's any way the cowboys can keep up Dak prescott's not going to put up 40 points i don't care what kind of defense he's going after um, I, I like the Rams in this one as well, but I mean, I, I kind of look at it and I'm like, wow, this could maybe this turns into a 17 to 14 game. Dallas could eke it out. I'm not going to second guess myself. I've believed in the Rams certainly more than I believed in the Cowboys all year. So I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I'm going chalk, uh, saints Rams. They could both be one-sided games also. I hope they're not. I hope they're competitive, but those, that's yeah. definitely who I like going forward. All right, let's go to the AFC. This one's interesting. We have the chiefs hosting the Colts. One mm-hmm. versus six matchup seems like you know uh, the Chiefs should should take care of business. I know a lot of people that like the Colts in this game. 
And that's I'm one of them. I'm going to take the Colts myself. I think they're coming off a red hot effort. And that defense is just so legit. They made humongous gains on the offensive line and defense, and that that's where there was obviously the glaring question marks with the Chiefs over the last seemingly decade. Uh, so I, I think they've done everything they could from a draft perspective, personnel perspective. I think Frank Reich's really turned that ship around. Whether he had some bonehead decisions early in the year or not, I'm a fan. I think he's done a really nice job. And Andy Reid just doesn't know how to manage clock. I think the Chiefs defense is god-awful so yes we're going to get a shootout it's going to be a great game but i trust the chiefs defense to clamp it down late when it matters most uh maybe mahomes make us makes a stupid play as much as i love the guy he's not you know just uh, can avoid that those late game picks at times so i don't know I'm, I'm leaning colts here i think the colts can go in uh take care of business they're they're seasoned they're ready to go what do you think well i saw an interesting question on pardon the interruption which is a show that i've watched like forever pretty much and I, I love it when Mike and Tony are on there and they one of the toss-up questions they said they said who would you rather have in this game Pat Mahomes or Andrew Luck who would you rather have for this game I don't mean I fantasy see- wise I mean like who would you want running your team for as my team. guy probably still Mahomes because it's not like Lux this hmm. playoff god I know he's had more games and he's played he's, he's got a he's few four playoff three. wins he's under four his and belt three in the playoffs yeah, but yeah, four and three. It's not like it's you know insane. It's not like I need this guy to be my quarterback. It's decent numbers, but I mean, going into Arrowhead's real tough too. So this, it just the Chiefs' defense is nothing in my opinion. I, if I had the same team compositions, though, like if you could put Mahomes with the Colts' defense, I'd still rather have Mahomes in my they, opinion. Too they, too much talent. They both picked luck. Did um, they? They did. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Chiefs in this game. I yeah. and, and you know every argument that you made is legit. And I wouldn't be shocked at all to see this go down. But I, and you know, this might be a Texans thing where it's like, I really like the Chiefs. I really like watching them play. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've seen their upside. Their upside is pretty much unparalleled. And so yeah. I, I, I'm hoping this, the Chiefs will pull it out. And I think that they should pull it out. One factor we have not talked about that I'm going to bring up the, these is, are the types of games that Andy Reid was born to lose. So yeah, of uh, course, I'd be lying if I said that's not in the back of my head, <laughs> right? All right, Absolutely. but I'm picking As the Chiefs. Um, let's talk Patriots Chargers. Uh, Patriots, you know, backed their way into a buy and a home field advantage, which was very much in doubt for a while there, uh, mm-hmm. and they're going to be happy they have it. What do you think about this? This is an interesting matchup. I love the matchup, but you know, the Pats eight no at home, the Chargers eight no on the road. That classic unstoppable force, immovable object style game. But in that case, I'm going with the, the home team. I'm going with my boys, the Pats. I, Philip Rivers zero and seven against Tom Brady. Uh, definitely not getting any wins here. I just. I, this Chargers team is different than any of those other past ones. You can't have history. It's not like Rivers is going to come in scared. He's a he's a no. Tough he's guy. not he, scared anybody. He's, he's seasoned. He's, he's grizzled. It's not like yeah. he looks at zero and seven or you know on the road. Clearly, Anthony Lynn's got this team fired up, playing well on the road all season. So I don't really you know put too much stock into those. I just think the Pats team with the rest, getting fully healthy, and, and they just have played. I mean, the differential at home has been so crazy in terms of offense, in terms of defense. Everything's been so well. I think we match up good against these guys. 
guys, even if they have a better overall roster composition. I just am hoping for you know playoff Brady. He's got one or two more shots at this thing. I, I think he's not going to take that for granted. I love it. I think the Pats pull it out. We you know Melvin Gordon's dinged up, and I can see him exiting early, and that being a huge factor. I can think Gilmore can lock down Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, kind of the X factor here, getting activated, going to be playing one of my favorite players. Obviously, I'm just a oh Hunter God. Henry truthist till the day I die. You really are. I'm nervous about that guy. That's probably the, the guy I'm most nervous about right now because I think we can defend everything else pretty well, but we've been awful against tight ends. If this guy's actually fully healthy, that's going to be a, an interesting injection at the most opportune time. But I'm going Pats, baby. I'm going Chargers. I figured you would. You had to have one upset, right? Yeah, that's I mean, how I, you know, uh, gun to my head, I'd probably take the Pats like if I had to bet my house or something like that. But I think it's close enough where I'm going Chargers. So I got... AFC Championship, I got Chiefs-Chargers, which could be a super fun game. You got Pats-Colts, which would be like, So anyway, uh, hopefully I'm right and you're wrong. (laughs) Pats-Colts would be a duel, man. I would love that. I I don't think so. I think it would suck. And 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 you can't convince me. That one of those two teams is one of the best two teams in the NFL. I just no. Don't, I think I, it's coming out of the NFC is the I, best. I don't. Team. Buy but if it. anybody's going to beat them, it's Brady. You know, the I think the Saints are the prohibitive favorite. I really do. I, yeah. I mean, I I would, you know, I've I've thought it would be the Saints for over a month, maybe more, and it's just nothing. Nothing has changed uh, that's yeah. made me change my mind. All right, let's get coaching carousel check in, and we're not going deep on any of these guys. We're going to do separate episodes on the ones that we think are the most relevant, maybe even all of them. But let me just run down real quick what's going on because we had what I think we had eight openings. And yeah, there's a, a lot bunch. of those and have some been offensive filled. coordinators too. So right. it's about ten or so that are really of note. Well, let's talk head coach first, and then I'll, I'll slip down and we'll talk a little bit about offensive coordinators as well. Cardinals picked up Cliff Kingsbury. Now he. Former coach of Pat Mahomes at, at Texas yep. Texas Tech, I'm pretty sure, yep. and you know has been but Texas A&M, right? Texas A&M. I, I, can, I always get those two confused. You could yeah. you could prove me wrong pretty easily. Anyway, uh, he's been under Sean McVay for the last year, and of course we've we've seen the Rams blow up. So I don't know. There's a lot of questions about the guy. Uh, I was hearing one guy on the radio basically saying he got hired because he's really good looking. I don't know. Right, yeah, everyone's looking for their next McVay. I mean, you look yeah. at this list, it's, it's all clearly <laughs> that offensive Cardinals, that, that Rams coaching staff, mighty good looking, except Wade Phillips. Yeah. All the rest of them pretty hot guys. Hey, you have a taste, you got to type, you know? Maybe sure. you like Goldman, who knows? <laughs> don't discriminate against the big boy. That's true, him and Andy <laughs> Reid. Like, big is beautiful. All right, Matt LaFleur, <laughs> Packers. I've heard a lot of question marks about this one, too. We'll see. The Bucks yeah. are the guys who, in my opinion, win the Bruce Arian sweepstakes. Uh, mm-hmm. didn't really seem like it was treated that way. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that was the job he wanted the whole time. We got Byron Leftwich maybe calling plays for him. We'll see. I don't know. Byron Leftwich, uh, once he got calling plays for the Cardinals, did not do anything too exciting. So right. we'll see what happens. The Browns have finally handed the keys to the kitchen, <laughs> to <laughs> Freddie Kitchens. Um, dubious. I, I, you know, none of these I just love. Except uh, Arians, I guess I love. But, I mean, mm-hmm. the rest of them, I'm like, whatever. And then... Uh, Gase picked up by the Jets. Really? I don't know. What do you think? And then we we still are not sure about the Bengals. We're still not sure about the Dolphins. The Broncos made a hire. That's not yeah. on here. The Broncos picked up somebody. I forget his. Uh, it's uh, like Vic Fangio. Vic, Vic Fangio guy. and John Elway says he's about the best coach out there, and we'll see. I don't know. I I mean I like Vic Fangio in terms of just like pure head coaching hires. I think he's a beast, and I All like right. that they went to Gary Kubiak for their offensive coordinator. That is uh, cool. 
you know, the zone blocking scheme, obviously he's got the history with the Broncos there as well. He's, he's coordinated some great offenses in the past. So Philip Lindsay, huge stock up there. We'll break again. We're going to break down these yep. in much more depth. I, well, I agree with you. Though. There's a lot of unproven. Everyone's kind of going for that gamble. Do we find the next McVay? Do we find you know the next guy, the Matt Nagy? And I don't know if any of these guys have it. I mean, Matt LaFleur, sure. He's been groomed under, you know, Sean McVay and he was groomed under Kyle Shanahan, but he has one shot at calling plays in the Titans. Very much underwhelming team for the talent they had. He mismanaged that backfield for pretty much the entire year till Derrick Henry had that late season explosion. So I'm not I don't have a ton of confidence. Obviously, when you got Aaron Rodgers versus, you know, a banged up Marcus Mariota. That's a huge upgrade. So maybe we'll see sure. his genius truly flourish. Uh, but still, I mean, there's nothing that's overly confident to me about Matt LaFleur. Cliff Kingsbury, obviously another one of those. Is this the next Sean McVay of very explosive juggernaut offenses at Texas A&M? But no defense, no real semblance of a run game, no real great track record of success has had no more than eight wins in a single season at the college level. So uh, still, and does he have the weaponry to pull off his college air raid style offense? Does Josh Rosen have the arm talent? I know he says Kingsbury, they loves Josh, you know, Allen, I mean, Josh Rosen's superior arm, but can he sling it as far as, as, you know, obviously not like Pat Mahomes, but those vertical shots were non-existent last year. And I don't know if they're going to be existing this year. They don't have the receivers to get downfield either. I mean, Kirk's got some good speed out of the slot, but Larry Fitz is, you know, 70 years old if he's even back a free agent this year. So who knows if they'll have the weaponry. Like you mentioned, Bruce Arians, the one that I am most intrigued by. He's just had such a great, great track record. There's some great weapons in place for the scheme he likes to run where he just bombs teams after bombs teams. And Winston can get deep and likes to take his shots. He's got the weaponry on the outside. And I do like Freddie Kitchens getting the nod after really turning Turning it around there for the Browns. Uh, him and Baker have that connection, so why not keep that rolling for a year with a very underwhelming, you know, cast of coaching candidates? I think Kitchens was the right move to promote. Adam Gase is the head scratcher here. Why not Todd Munkin, a guy that just had great success with you know Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston, the second most passing yards in the league, a prolific offense. I think the third or fourth highest scoring offense is much defensive woes that they had. That's not Munkin's fault, the offensive coordinator, and a guy that was well-liked, well-respected by everyone that was around him. I don't know how he hasn't gotten hired yet. I'm really hoping he goes to the Bengals where he'd have some good weaponry, some interesting pieces to work with. Otherwise, there are rumors that he might end up as the Browns offensive coordinator and pair up with Kitchens, which I would also love. So he's probably the, the last domino. I cannot wait to see fall is is um todd munkin but other than that i am not overly thrilled about any of these hires uh, i can't wait to dig into the numbers though and I, I will break down each position and running backs and receiver ones in the past all that good stuff as we did last year and we'll, we'll make sure to have some guests on from different beat sources to get our, our finger right in on the pulse to see what they think of these coaches as well but none of them other than maybe arians and i do like the broncos combination of fed uh vic fangio yeah. and, and gary kubiak i like that a lot uh other than that i'm not overly thrilled kitchen's probably the third on that list yeah i'm with you and we'll see how that works out i mean these there's could be a few home runs here and there could be a few strikeouts they could be all strikeouts who knows yeah all right we're gonna get into the mock draft and this is done by the road street journal experts and i want to just say kind of like as an asterisk to this we need to find a better site to do mock drafts in January. Like we did this thing and, and we're working Addicts on need it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we, and we need it. We need the RSJ big board to be the, the backbone of it. The thing that's used. 100%. I mean, it, it, like this needs to exist. If you've tried to do a mock draft in January, it is not too easy. Like you can do yeah. it. You can pick the players. 
but there's no big board where they're being crossed off and you can see who's, in, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a disaster. Now, for the yeah. first two rounds, which is what we're going to go to here, it's not an issue. I mean, we know, we know our fantasy players enough where the first three, four rounds or whatever, not going to be a problem. After that, you know, it got a little bit tough. But these rounds, mm-hmm. uh, and this is obviously very, very early. This is early January 2019, just because <laughs> we have a problem, we're doing this. So I'm just going to run down the first round. Real quick, uh, and we can debrief quickly on these, and then and then we'll hit the second round, and then we'll we'll probably call it quits for the day. All right, first round, uh, and this is the order they went in: Gurley, Saquon Barkley. Of course, CJ picked Saquon Barkley. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, that was me. Zeke fourth, James Conner fifth, Kamara sixth, Melvin Gordon seventh, Le'Veon Bell. Don't even know where he'll be. He was eighth. That was you. That's the first eight guys, all running backs. Um, mm-hmm. Devontae Adams, Pat Mahomes, that seems a little bit crazy, but we'll see. DeAndre Hopkins, and then Nick Chubb rounding out the first round. What do you think? What are your initial thoughts? What jumps out at you other than the you know, heavy, heavy running back trend? I, I think that was the clear-cut first takeaway was eight straight running backs, including guys we don't even know where they're going to be, and Le'Veon Bell just it illustrates how valuable having that true bell cow, especially if you somehow landed the, the back-to-back bell cow and and bred that horse stable. That's There's nothing better. I mean, you get 20 to 30 touches a week. You're banking on 20-plus, sometimes 30-plus points a week, whereas receivers occasionally disappear or hover more around the 15 to 20 range. Your bell cows are more in that 25, 30-point range. The, the couple questions I have that emerge from this first round is, who deserves to go number one Overall, I mean, last year was Todd Gurley. It was a no-brainer, in my opinion. Le'Veon Bell at the early offseason was a guy some people said. But ultimately, it was Gurley, and there was not much of a debate. Here you got, you know, Gurley, Barkley, McCaffrey, Zeke. I think all four of them make very sturdy cases. they're all legit um, number one picks. In my opinion. I I like Gurley right now, personally. He's been back-to-back number one running back. Uh, The number one overall pick has never done that, and he just did it. And back-to-back seasons, I mean, there's nothing different. Maybe the line, they've got a couple free agent contracts coming up. So important to track, but the offense is so explosive. He's so highly used. He's so talented. I mean, he hates fantasy owners, so I guess that's one of the only thing going against him. But I, I would personally side Gurley unless I see enormous line gains and a, a quarterback injection for the Giants, which maybe they get Haskins from Ohio State, an explosive guy that could really just send that offense soaring you know, suddenly when you got Eli Manning just lugging an anchor behind him. That's just awful. But the offensive line, obviously a huge concern. But Barkley, probably only guy I truly might consider over Gurley. Uh, but again, you could make a case for McCaffrey. Man. You could make a case for Zeke. I, I think it comes down to those four guys, unless number six overall in this draft, Alvin Kamara. If Mark Ingram's well, gone right. and there's no suitable replacement, he's a guy that you would really have to consider. If you would listen to our last pod, I mean, this guy, 524 fantasy points was his pace when Ingram wasn't in the lineups. That was better than LT's historic 31 touchdown season, folks. So that's a guy that has to get you know number one overall consideration pending how this offseason uh, comes out. I was going to say don't sleep on this guy, but it, obviously you're not sleeping on him. You said he could be the over one number one guy. But, I mean, McCaffrey, to me, and I took him third, I would have at least thought about taking him first. I mean, I just think mm. that the pass catching is so ridiculous. And, I mean, you pair that with very solid running as well. Um, 
I, you know, it's, it's about as much receiving as you'll ever see out of a running back. It just, it's ridiculous. Now Zeke actually. I mean, it's as much usage, dude. It, it, yeah, the it's, sta- it's the snap just rates, ridiculous. And, uh, he, in eight out of 16 games, he played legitimately 100% of snaps. He was in on, until yeah. week 17, where obviously it was a meaningless game against, you know, they had their fourth string quarterback in. So they were protecting him by the end of it. And he only played, I think, like five to 10 snaps. But before that, leading into week 16, he had played 97% of the snaps on the season that's unheard of that's and like i mean he back gets the ball like the throwback all six, the time all the it, time it's so highly used for yeah no more no such thing as a smallish back that can't be a bell cow he's redefined the entire position he's great. i'm sure there's going to be reports that want to scale back his workload and things like that but yeah Caffrey's so special so highly used i'm with you and we did get more than one comment on the rsj uh thing when we posted on facebook that said mccaffrey should yeah, go number Pete one. Garvey I mean, it's like I wasn't the only one who thought that. Now, keep uh, just to be clear, if I had had number one, I, I wouldn't have picked McCaffrey. I don't think I probably would have gone Gurley. But I, but I mean, I I felt very comfortable taking him where I did. Now, with that said, Zeke at number four, his receiving numbers, like I, I feel like people don't realize how much of a receiver this guy actually became, especially in the Absolutely. second half of the season. Um, you can't really go wrong with him either. I felt good with McCaffrey, but you can't go wrong with Zeke. Connor, I don't know. Uh, that was the reach to me. That was yeah, the reach of the draft. And I was a not, little surprised with Connor. So, I mean, it's like he's only a couple spots reach, in, in my opinion. Not a, a, It's Connor yeah, in the best, most valuable backfield spot. So I get it, but I I would have a hard time taking Connor over the Kamara anyways, even if Ingram's there. Never mind the upside that Ingram could leave. And Melvin Gordon had the third most points per game among running backs. So, uh, yeah, I would, I would have a tough time going Connor over either of those guys. I just don't love the town. I love everything else no, about I him. I think he's a good town. You're picking the Steelers offense, essentially, if you exactly. do that. To me, and I'll be honest, the, the one that made me cringe a little bit, even though it could just be like an absolute home run, was Le'Veon Bell. Uh, like there's so much, I mean, this is why you don't draft in January. Um, I mean, you're drafting, you say Le'Veon Bell based on, you're like, this guy was arguably the best running back in football a year ago. And, you know, and two years ago and three years ago was up there in the conversation every single time for me. It's like, I got no idea where he's going. And right. So, and my so counter would be any team that's shelling out you know, 15 million a year is going to use him like a workhorse. Now, if it ends up being, you know, yeah, but what if they fucking... have no offensive line? I mean, you know, who right. the fuck of knows who it is? Huge what if it's... Factors. Right. Yeah, I agree that whoever gets him is going to try to feed him the ball. Right. And, and there are places that he could land where eight would be a steal. Don't get me wrong. And I'm telling maybe the Bucks now with Bruce Arians, who we've seen just ridiculous bell cow style numbers dating back to David Johnson just a couple seasons ago. Uh, enormous receiving usage. I think that fit with some James good cap. sucks. I mean, like, yeah, you're right. But like, James sucks. I don't think James I, I sucks. Think James I think sucks. he makes some stupid decisions. Yeah. But down the stretch, he's showed uh, he was much more careful with the ball. I think he's got a great arm. I think he can take that next step this year. Uh, I don't think James sucks. I think Bruce Arians so, is the guy that squeezes the most out of him. So maybe, I, I would, Arians is a great upgrade. We'll see what happens. Uh, you know, Bell, Bell, you know, could be a steal at eight. And also you could be like, man, that was a huge reach. We'll see what happens. Do you know um, how many catches? I know just going backtrack real quick. Do you know how many catches Zeke had this year? Because you, you stanted that his numbers skyrocketed. Well, when so- he went, I know that from week 10 on, I think he was second in the NFL among backs receiving. Like, I think he had like 45 catches in those weeks. I think he finished with maybe 70 catches. Yeah, 77 catches, fifth yeah. in the league. Yeah, I mean, that, that's really, I mean, like, you know, people don't realize that because they, I mean, I didn't realize it when I saw it. 
because I think of him as just primarily a, a running guy. But it's like, yeah. you know, you average four catches a game. That's 64. And, I mean, that's pretty standard for him even in the first part of the year. You up that to five a game, and now you're talking about 80. And that's about what he's what he's getting. But, I mean, he, yeah. he's just uh, – he is a huge part of that offense. So don't and sleep on Zeke either. Not that anyone's from, sleeping on him. But No, man. but for number one overall, I mean, he could have that consideration. Oh, and absolutely. you mentioned second half of the year. That, uh, coincidentally, when Amari Cooper arrived, he had one out of seven games with only 20 fantasy points before Cooper gets there. Five of his last eight went for over 20, yeah. a couple 30-pointers mixed in there. So, yep. I mean, just getting that more dangerous outside threat opened up the, the lane so much more for Zeke and, and opened up the receiving outlet usage lane so I, I love Zeke I mean it, it, he's still it, there hasn't been that perfect marriage of Not we've yet. had the usage now we have the perfect marriage of the usage but the red zone his numbers I mean he had 16 touchdowns as a rookie and then this year only had like, you know nine I believe was that what he ended up with so if we get that this this type of receiving usage with the, the insane rushing output I mean two out of three years leading the league in rushing is just insane so we get the, the yardage and then the receiving and then the touchdowns all marry he will be the number one player in fantasy so that upside exists and he totally can make that case all right uh then we go to end the round Devonte adams pat mahomes deandre hopkins nick chubb uh chubb is chubb the guy that's your next running back after those top eight no i like the guy who leads off our second round so we'll get there okay. in a second uh, what one debate I have that the end of the um, first round brings up is who belongs first at wide receiver. I mean, I, I personally side with Adams. I agree with the pick that that Taylor made here with Adams. Just the floor was so high. I don't think he went below 14 points in a single game this year. Uh, he was clear cut Rogers number one target. I mean, what does LaFleur do to that? I think he's it comes from that Shanahan tree where they pepper number one receivers. So I expect that magic to continue. There was just nothing wrong and a high ceiling to you. A couple 30-pointers mixed in there. But I know who you're probably going to say. <laughs> I, I, what, Hopkins? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't pick against Hopkins. I mean, You would know Hopkins number one for wide receivers? Probably, although I would I would have definitely gone running back with my first pick. Um, I'm pretty sure I'd have taken all those guys that, that went before Hopkins. Um, yes. I mean, well, okay. So let's say you're at nine. Is there a running back? That's where that, and that's what I, I mean. This is when it gets point. tough. I mean, you could you could look right, at Chubb. You could look off, at you right? could look at like Mixon guys like that. But I'd have probably taken I'd have probably taken Hopkins at nine. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, he's just like I mean, he's money. Like I mean, he's so. I mean, he he. The only down year we've ever seen him have was Osweiler, and even that wasn't like. As bad yeah. as like most people's down years, and I mean that was Brock Osweiler. I mean, yeah, I get, I get the hype around Adams now. I mean, Rogers, great, whatever. I don't know. I would, I would, gun to my head, picking that high. I'm going to pick somebody with a super high floor. And I know you said yeah. that Adams' floor is also high, but I've also seen Adams almost get his head taken off a couple times. That's true. Where they I thought concussion. he was never going to be able to play in the NFL again. And Hopkins is much like you talked about with McCaffrey. Hopkins is a hundred percent snap. He's guy. just a warrior. He's just yeah, always he out there. He's a tough warrior. fucking dude, man. He so yeah, a, I would go is. even the more we're talking now. Yeah, Hopkins is my number. I, one I, you're almost swaying me at this point. Like, yeah, I mean the track record, the durability. There's no debate. And then there's the, the major elephant of this first round, and that's number ten right there, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, do you think that's crazy? I so you know what it's going to be like Rodgers a, a few years ago when he was just locked into forty touchdowns every season he was a, a no brainer in every first round Mahomes will be emerging in every first round so that's crazy. I don't hate that it's there he shouldn't be going in the first round but it's a quarterback I mean did anybody could anybody uh, th- then hop 
year? That, no. I mean, Hopkins is the absolute – I mean, well, Mahomes. What am I talking about? Sorry, my, no. my phone's unplugged for a second, so I just got a little loopy. Mahomes, <laughs> by, by all means, MVP level, our, our guy. I mean, I could not love the guy more for what he did this year. 50 touchdowns over 5,000 yards as a 10th rounder that we were all in on last January. Yeah, he was one of our guys, no doubt. So – I, I have nothing but love for this guy in my heart, but I will never, ever take a quarterback in the first four rounds, never mind in the top ten overall. So I don't love the pick. I, I think that's – and you'll look at Heggs' team as the draft unfolds. Uh, and he had Mahomes last year, so I get it. I love the allegiance. Well, he, I respect. Pick, he picked the second round. He pig roast. Yeah, exactly. The best pig roast in the game, The no best doubt. pig roast in the game, no question about but, it. The only other thing I would say towards that, though, is as the draft unfolded, I was actually pretty impressed with the wide receivers and running backs that were still out there in round six. And then it hit a wall that was like, there's nobody. There's nobody I'm interested in suddenly. So it's one of those things where it's like you lock in Mahomes. There were still guys to build around him, but it dropped off so fast. And there was such few talent that I expect to break out after round six that I don't know. I personally would never do it. It's not my thing. No, I I think it's I think it's a bad pick. And I mean, but it's one of those things in fantasy. If you're just like going into the draft, you're like, I want to own this guy. Yeah. Which I mean, I have a friend who always picks Cam Newton. He doesn't pick him in the first round, but he always picks him way before he should pick him because he just has yes, to have him. Doesn't win too often. He do- doesn't win that often. Is this sure. will is this will Willie? Yeah, it's Willie. <laughs> All right, let's go to the second round. And the end of the first round ended with Nick Chubb, and then the first I didn't like that. first yeah, pick yeah. in the second round was Joe we'll Mixon. Now the only other running back taken in the whole second round was at twenty one. Dalvin Cook. Let me just run down the second round real fast, and we'll talk about those backs, and then we'll talk about the rest of the round, which was almost all receivers with the exception of Travis Kelsey, who you picked up. Um, Joe Mixon, Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill, Antonio Brown, Travis Kelsey, Mike Thomas, Odell Beckham, Juju Smith-Schuster, Dalvin Cook, David Johnson, Adam Thielen, Amari Cooper. Forgot about Johnson. That's another running back that was taken in that round. I mean, those are all serious names in that. I mean, those are all some real players in that round. Um, you like you Mixon make a best? case for a lot of them as first rounders. I mean, there's plenty of those guys. If you took in round one, I wouldn't have bat an eye. A lot of them, I personally have a lot higher than Nick Chubb. And as much as I love Chubb and I like that Freddie Kitchens is now back for him, he blew up once Kitchens took over. There was that weird insertion of Duke Johnson come the end of the year that started eating into Chubb's receiving workload, yep. and he became more of like a 13-ish point back where you knew you're getting 100 rushing Instead and 20. a catch or two. But he wasn't the 25, 30-point horse that we were getting come midseason. If Arians went there, I might feel a little bit different because he just rides the number one back so heavily. So I didn't love Chubb. I'd rather have Mixon, who led off the round, than Chubb, and I'd rather have Dalvin Cook, especially with Latavius Murray, a free agent. He's already come out and said, I'm a starting back. I want to be a starting back in this league. I've talked to Dalvin, nothing but love for the guy, but I'm out of here. What about so, David I, Johnson? I, I'd rather have Chubb than Johnson. Fuck I'm, Johnson. I, mean, I, I picked Johnson uh, with my – I mean, obviously, Chubb was gone many picks before. It's not like I had a choice. Yeah. But these guys are my two keepers on my on – my, or these guys, I can pick two keepers, and one of them is going to be Hopkins, and I have Chubb and, and Johnson. And so, like – I That's I, a tough debate. It's difficult, man. It's difficult. I'm I'm intrigued to see how who Kingsbury hires as his run game coordinator just because he's never historically ridden running backs. Now he's never had a talent like David Johnson. So of course a smart offensive mind. You can't just be like, oh, pigeonhole, he threw eighty percent of his balls to wide receivers and only ten percent to running backs. He's never had a David Johnson who's essentially a wide receiver on the field. I'm starting to think though, I don't know if I love Johnson 
as a talent. Like, yes, he's so really? versatile, and you can feed him so voluminously, and he's big and he's powerful. But he just hasn't shown that, you know, explosive second gear that we saw that rookie season when he was just throwing eagles to the ground and ripping off, you know, 200 yard days and three touchdowns. I don't know if that's a product of the Hmm. line being just god awful. It could be. I don't know if it's just being unmotivated because the rest of the offense kind of sucked. It could be. But I haven't seen that David Johnson since 2015. So I don't know how much I buy into that guy as just a talent. The usage will always be there when he's such a versatile big threat. But I'd rather have you know Dalvin Cook I'd probably rather have Nick Chubb if I was choosing today um with Dalvin Cook being the only other guy with Mixon that I'm like okay bottom of the, the or top of the second I would have really considered for running backs otherwise I really agree that wide receivers flooded this round as and, they should and, and really good ones too now you put you picked Travis Kelsey 17 overall that was the fifth pick in the second round only non-running back or or uh, wide receiver that went now, here's the guys that went after Kelsey that you passed on. You passed on Mike Thomas, ODB. That's the only one. I mean, you passed keep on going. Mike Thomas, ODB, Juju, Dalvin Cook, David Johnson, Adam Thielen, Amari Cooper. You passed on all those guys. Some of those, obviously, I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, I'd rather have Kelsey than Amari Cooper. Um, yeah. What do you – and, I mean, I'd rather have Kelsey than, like, probably David Johnson, stuff like that. What do you think, man? I, I don't know. I, I, I get – I get – how important it is to grab a really a studly tight end when there's so few of them. Mm-hmm. I it would have been hard for me to take him over Mike Thomas, man. I, to me, it's, you know, t- tight end one, tight end two, tight end one the past three years. So we've got that track record. You know, the sure points are coming. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. And the biggest year he's ever had his career is not a coincidence that it was under Pat Mahomes in this entire offensive explosion uh, that led the league in points and yardage and all that good stuff. 103 catches, 1,336 yards, 10 TDs. I mean, that would, would have been the wide receiver eight this year to get that, as you mentioned, at such a starved position that has no semblance of consistent points. Points. He was more than double the points of the tight end six, Austin Hooper. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, Austin Hooper just, was a tight end six, huh? Yeah, that, that's, that's all you need to know about the tight all end right. position. You're it's convincing pretty me. Pretty damn horrendous outside a couple, you know, George Kittle, Zach Ertz. And when I saw how low Kittle went, I mean, he went in like late round four. I was like, okay, maybe I could have waited My, for Kittle. If Kittle went uh, late round four. Then, then you probably reached on Kelsey, but you didn't know that. I mean, and you can have known that. And I still, I, I love the pick. I love the edge I got, knowing I am going to have the best tight end every single week. I'm out there, except for his buy. And I love that he was the the seventh ranked on Yahoo's MVP list on forty percent of championship teams. So I mean, that edge was very, very real. That connection is only going to get stronger. There's no way the Chiefs were a fluke. Mahomes is too talented. There's too much weaponry. Andy Reid's offense has always been explosive, and this is the best we've ever scene so I, I just love it I, I like all that Mike Thomas was really the only other one and when we go through the draft later and you see my wide receivers now I'm kind of like oh fuck my receivers sure. really took a hit but ultimately I, I don't regret it. if I consider Kelsey my wide receiver one and a few of these guys pan out I really like the stable that that I could build around Kelsey I had no no doubt about it and Antonio Brown I thought and you know obviously there's the uncertainty yeah, I mean he went 16 16 that's ridiculous I and this when we did the second round was kind of like hard of him being like I want to get traded and the yeah. diva stuff coming out so okay I get the emotions flooding but I was praying he was going to fall to me I mean regardless of where this guy ends up whether he stays in Pittsburgh where he just put up a career high 15 touchdowns whether he stays there or goes to let's say the top target in San Fran or wherever he lands he's going to see 180 targets he's going to be a monster it's Antonio fucking Brown one of the best receivers to ever play this game so 
to be able to get him, you know, 16, I thought was a fantastic pick from Taylor. That was my favorite pick of the round, uh, not even close. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you look at that and you're just like, man, I cannot believe that that guy went 16. I mean, he, you know, you could you could make a you could totally make a case for him going over Devontae Adams. By the way, you could. You I mean, he's Antonio could. Brown. He's got like a hundred catches each of the last six years. Are you kidding me? Like he's Hopkins he's the best. Re- he's one of the best like five receivers in the history of the NFL now, probably at least or at least very close to it. And to me, is Hopkins, Brown, and, and Adams are the, the top elite tier. And whichever of those three you take, I wouldn't argue with at the first receiver off the board. But Tyreek and Julio, as much as I love those guys, and I know Tyreek, number one receiver on the season, just a little inconsistent, though. Much. Had too many disappearing acts. And then, he, of course, he swings you weeks with 40 points. And you got the top weapon of a Mahomes-led offense. I get it. Plus Especially the guy who took Tyreek here, I mean, has got Mahomes. Talk, that, what a fun pig roast. Come on. What a pig. I what mean, a that's fun a, pig roast. I don't even know if it's a pig roast. That's just a pig fucking slaughter. That's like a boar roast. That's like the, <laughs> that's like the wild boar that killed Robert Baratheon. Yeah, exactly. Just unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, I mean, the only other guy, and I love this pick, Juju at 20. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's is a great gone. pick, man. If he's not gone, I, I think that's fantastic. I definitely and like Juju pick. over ODB. Not to keep beating the people I like more than ODB horse that I've been beating for years. I would but come on, Juju. man. I'd way rather have Juju than him. I'd rather, yeah. And, and I'd probably have... Thielen, too, although I don't yeah. know. I mean, Odell was one of the few reaches, in my opinion. And I definitely would have rather had Dalvin Cook than a lot of the guys that went above him. I know he was injury injured his his whole rookie season and last year played banged up most of the year as well but when he was right he looked so damn good he gets kevin stefanski back who was force feeding him the rock in those last three weeks where he was really blowing up murray being gone is obviously enormous to the goal line value they just really need to improve that line that's the last missing step for cook being that guy that you get like late round two ends up being a top four guy it'd be like the mccaffrey of this year in my opinion has dalvin cook has that style upside and then last but not least Amari Cooper rounding out the round it's like eh I don't know I mean I I think that we've seen how purposeful how intentional they've been trying to feed him the ball he's clearly still got the skills you know but I don't know second round I'm not sure no, there's guy I like Evans, I like Allen, I like Hilton. Like, there's just a lot of other receivers I would have considered. I get that Cooper did blow up for that he stretch. He's the clear cut number one target there. I like Cooper a lot, but there's just other guys, even Diggs potentially. I was gonna I, say I'd probably rather have Diggs than Cooper. It's tricky. That's where it starts to get close to me. I definitely would have rather had you know Ertz get that tight end edge, but you get it. I get the argument for Cooper and the target sure. share. Now he gets a full off season to fully acclimate himself. It's just I, I'm also scarred though. He's got I'm scarred too. Was, I took him in the second round last year of a draft, oh, and it was like the worst sure. thing that's ever happened to me before. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe it was the third round. I don't know, but I mean the point is I I wish I hadn't. Who uh, do you think is the most likely to bust out of that round? Out Odell. of this round. Uh, maybe David Johnson. No, David. Uh, David Johnson or ODB or or maybe Cooper. <laughs> yeah, Cooper probably the, my favorite to, the, to bust the last pick of the I round. I mean, you know, with David Johnson, it's like he's now. I, I took him at twenty two. It's like, but but then I'm, you know, in my mind, I have like number one overall expectations for him. So like, right, I'll, I'll probably end up, years, I'll yeah. probably end up being disappointed. But I'll bet he ends up being solid. I mean, even the shitty season he had this year, I think he was still a top ten guy. Uh, yeah. at running back. It was one of those crazy things, though. You look at the numbers, and it was like the top eight were yeah, yeah, it was so a huge drop. high and far above the rest of the field. Yep. It, it was a humongous. It went from like 20 points a game to like 13 or 14. Absolutely. It was, a huge it, it was like almost a touchdown a game. So. 
No question about yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah, inter- interesting first two rounds though uh, to get the whistle wet and begin your offseason prep. I-, I love this shot. Obviously, yeah, this, is, this is the best. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed us going through the first two rounds. Maybe we'll hit the next two rounds maybe next time on the show yeah. um, and and start to address some of these coaching things and some of these offseason stories. See where some of these guys are going to land. See how long this Antonio Brown saga, this Le'Veon Bell saga, is going to last. And also, uh, we'll we'll have some playoff results by then. Go charge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everything's rolling out spades right now. And if you want to check out the entire mock draft, it'll be up on rotostreetjournal.com within. I mean, this draft's taking a fucking year and a half to complete. It's been the most miserable pain in my ass draft. Yeah, I feel for you. Uh, But I imagine it'll be done by the end of this week. So this draft will be up soon. My big board's going up tonight. Uh, Rotostreetjournal.com slash big board. If you want to see the top 125 for 2019 already two weeks into January, come check that out. It'll be fantastic. CJ's doing a write-up on kind of an overview of the coaching carousel, and I'll be going and digging into deep depth like we did last year with that coaching carousel guide. That's going to be pumped out, so there's no offseason. Every day, just keep checking back in. We're going to get that stock watch pumping back, rotostreetjournal.com slash stockwatch. Tons of great stuff. Obviously, if you liked this uh, this podcast, whether it's your first or, or first time or many times, Fantasy Fullback Dive, paving that path to fantasy titles, and it starts in January. The lead block's never end they begin right now so subscribe let us know your thoughts we love to hear from you guys um and then rotor street journal on facebook and instagram both of those platforms really blowing up right now and me personally roto street wolf on twitter recently followed by an interesting oh, antonio bryant yeah yeah well part of the wolf back more man uh won me single-handedly won me a title back in 08 had a heroic playoff run and we'll have to shout him out maybe we can yeah, get man. him onto this podcast at some point i don't know why or how he found no, me when you texted but... me you were like you remember antonio Bryan? i was like absolutely man he had like some real years he was a, he's a real player man he, he he did some big things he actually won the college uh, receiver of the year award uh, and I want to say he was like only the second sophomore to do it. And the, the, then the first sophomore to do it was, I forget who it was. It was a really big name. So yeah. Antonio Bryant definitely uh, made his, had a big footprint, you know? So and thanks for following us. And we'd love to have you on the show. Time, man. Either awesome. Way. But hit up all those socials and keep following this lead block. We'll be here for you the all, entire off season. Of course, once 2019 hits baby, one more thought before we leave, uh, I was just Let's flipping through the newsfeed because I was trying to see if there was any other quick stories to plug before we left. And it's not a football story, but Amazon founder, Jeff Bezos, obviously uh, getting a divorce, um, did uh, not, did not have a prenup with his wife. <laughs> oh, wow. How he's such a genius in terms of everything he's built with Amazon. How could he not have had a prenup? That, are you last, last I saw, last I saw, I mean, oh. he's, he's the, he's the richest man in the history of the world. Um, last I saw he's worth $138 billion. She, I mean, so, okay, so, so he's just, only had 70 you, you billion. Do, but do the math. That's like 69 billion for her. Good for you, that, lady. Does like, that make seriously. her? Does that make her the smartest like person that's ever lived? I'll like, tell you what that makes her. That makes her like that makes her like tied for richest person in the world is what it and is. She, and she did it way easier than he ever had to do it. And I would like, just I like to say, Ms. Bezos, yeah. I do have a wife, but that doesn't mean I'm not at least a little bit looking. So, hey, the, the, yeah, the, the wolf is fully single right, and wolf, ready, to, ready wolf, to mingle. The wolf could, could break off any engagement that he has right now um, if, if you're interested. We, you know, and it's not just for your money. We think Billy and I'd have a tough time turning that one down. Oh, yeah. Okay. $69 billion. Sure. Anyway, oh, uh, that, so the lesson there is uh, sign a prenup folks, especially if you're going to oh, found a major in, internet commerce company. 
Um, My name is Nat the Truth Jones. I'm leaving on a crazy high right now. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I'm the wolf and Miss Bezos. I hope to hear right. from you. Uh, call me. I know you're call me at wolf at <laughs> Rotary Street. The fullback that. <laughs> yeah, we've been paving her path to titles since 05. Yeah, she really loves us. Yeah, call us, <laughs> Awesome. See you guys. Later. <laughs> we used to have it all. But now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd. Take our final bow Oh, it's our time to go But at least we stole the show 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 Old-fashioned football right there, folks.